Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you, Father, for your holy written word. And as we study it tonight, we thank you for ears to hear it, hearts to receive it, minds that are open to it, change us by it. From glory to glory, that we might conform to the very image of Jesus and become that for which he shed his precious and holy blood. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We're going to get quickly through lesson two on prayer. And I believe that God is leading us in this direction for us to be more effective and efficient in our prayer lives. Because we're believing we're living in the last of the last days. Jesus' return is imminent. Matter of fact, I was reading Marie Woodworth Edder's book this afternoon. And I was reading one of the prophecies. And this is back in the early 1900s. And the fellow was in a church service like this. And he was winding up his arm faster and faster and faster. Tongues interpretation came forth. And what the gist of it was is that God is winding down the time of the Gentiles. The time of the Gentiles is winding down. And we are closer than ever before to the return of Jesus and the rapture of the church. And so it's good to know that. It's good to be prepared for that. And we believe. Amen. We're ready to go. Let him come tonight. We're ready to go. Praise God. Stay ready. Nothing more important than that. And every time I teach on eschatology, two most important words, be ready. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 6.18 is our text that we've been using and it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so in other words, this verse alone just tells us, number one, it's part of our, our armor as a Christian, because it's talking about all the armor of God, clothing yourself with the armor of God, and also with uh, the ability to pray effectively, all prayers. And it tells us about all kinds of prayers. There's different kinds of prayers and praying that we need to be familiar with. And we're going to talk about united prayer here in just a moment. But every one of us has the privilege to pray. The privilege to approach the throne. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, Come boldly where? To the throne of grace. To obtain mercy, to find grace to help in our time of need. And so we all have been invited. Every single one of us has that opportunity. And there's no excuse for us not to be there. But then also we discover that God has promised to hear and to answer the prayers that we pray according to His will. 1 John 5.14.15 This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know what? We have the petition that we have desired of him. Of course, that reveals to, to us the fact that faith is what makes prayer work. Then also we've discovered that through prayer, we can generate miracle working power to accomplish the purposes of God. Look at James chapter 5, verse 16 in the Amplified Bible. Confess your faults one, uh, to one another, therefore your faults your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. Pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And that's why we encourage you to come if you can between 6.30 and 7, about 22, we start praying. Believe in God, invoking His presence and His power through corporate or united prayer so that we gather together and believe God together we can see great and mighty things. If one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. A threefold cord is not easily broken. When all God's people gather together and we pray in faith, believing, great things happen. Amen. Now we're going to show you an example of united prayer in Acts chapter 12. 
verses 1 through 19, but we're just going to go through it a few verses at a time. This is an example of united prayer. United prayer is God's people joining themselves together in faith and believing God to do certain things. And that's exactly what they turn to on many occasions throughout the Old Testament and also we see in the New Testament the same thing taking place. First of all, we understand that there were problems. Are there problems here today? We certainly have problems. We all face difficulties. Jesus said you have tribulations in this world, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. In the book of Acts chapter 12, beginning of verse 1, first five verses, first part of verse 5. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Notice vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. James and John, the sons of Zebedee. One's dead now. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending for after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison at that time. So, the first thing we see, there are problems. And what are the problems? Attacks. Attacks. James is martyred by Herod. Peter's arrested, incarcerated, right? And Herod sees that this pleases Jews, so what does he do? He uses it to his political advantage and continues to target these leaders of the church. So there were attacks. As a result of the attacks, there were apprehensions among the people. Think about it. Think about where Brother Pete was. You think about the apprehensions when they come in and destroy your village and burn down your buildings and your church and your home and all that. People are somewhat apprehensive. They were apprehensive. And why were the people concerned? Well, they've attacked the leaders. Now what are they going to do? They're going to attack the people as well. And so there was a lot of apprehension and concern among those individuals during that particular time. So what did they turn to? They turned to prayer. These adversaries were working together to destroy the things of God. You've got, yes, Herod, yes, you've got the Jews working together. But who's behind all that? Satanic forces of darkness are working together to see to it that they bring destruction to the church in its inception, in its early stages, to stop it from growing. Beloved, there's never been a time on planet Earth since Jesus, since actually the fall of man, that Satan wasn't devising a plan to destroy the work of God. He's still doing it today. He's still doing it in the lives of, of families, young people, churches, all around the world. He is doing everything he possibly can to destroy the advancement of the gospel and destroy human lives. So where did they turn? To prayer. Yes, there were problems. But praise God, there's prayer. Satan is the same today as he was back then. He's not grown up. He's not matured at all. He's as ruthless as he was and will always be. Until he finally is cast into the lake of fire. Forever. Look at Acts 12 beginning at verse 5. Part B. Peter was therefore put into prison. But. Prayer was made. Without ceasing of the church. Unto God for him. What was made? Prayer. Notice the word but. But. Peter was thrown in prison. But. 
James was killed, but the church is under siege and attack. But, but what? But God's people prayed. Amen. God's people prayed. And when they prayed, what did it produce? Power. Amen. Prayer produces power. And the power of God was in manifestation. And as God moved by His Spirit, what happened? The doors were open. An angel visited, came down, opened up the jail. The bands were stripped or moved away from um, Peter. And all of a sudden, he's he's let out. You ready for this? An angel can bring you out, but can't get you in the church. He can bring you out of prison, but he can't get you in the church. Knocking on the door. What happened? Rhoda comes. She gets excited. It's Peter. Goes back and tells the people. Peter's here. They said, ah, you saw his angel. See, the Jews actually believed that when you died, your guardian angel took on your form and your voice. And so... That's what they thought. He keeps on knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And finally they recognize it's Peter. What does that say about their prayers? Were they really in faith? Well, I believe they meant it and they were in faith. But the problem is this. When the, faith prayer, the prayer of faith is answered, we're puzzled, we're amazed, we're like stunned and, and wow. Right? That's what happened then. But we see something powerful here. God responds to their prayer. And and that's what prayer is all about. Making a highway for God to move and manifest himself as he did there. And bring deliverance. So whether it's where Brother Pete was in the Ivory Coast. Or whether it's there where Peter was. Or if it's in your house. In your home where you live no matter what you're going through we believe that prayer makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working and we see that happening well they're delivered and set free and now Herod he's beside himself he's got nobody to kill Peter's gone the soldiers are beside themselves You know why? Because they know if there's no Peter to kill, they get killed. And as you read through it, what you discover is this. They were killed. Herod got so upset that the enemy starts really turning on himself and his own people. So we see there were problems with the people. And we see also that God's people turned to prayer as a result. But then thirdly, we see that Because they prayed, power was in manifestation. And the power of God is greater than the power of the enemy. No matter what the situation might be, the power of God is greater than satanic powers. We just heard that. Mentioning the name of Jesus. Imagine this, this, this spiritualist, this spiritual leader of the people, this sorcerer and all that fooling around with black magic and mystical arts and all that stuff going to chase this girl down and all she knows is one word 
This is what I love about the uh, Indonesian revival in Haftari when he talks about the Indonesian revival and how what they said was, we don't have your books, we don't have your strong concordances, we don't have your internet, we don't have all the stuff that you have the access to, all the different Greek and the Hebrew and all that. We just read it. Oh, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. We just believe it. They walked on water. They called down fire from heaven. They turned back the alligators. They walked in a monsoon on dry ground. Gee, imagine that. Why? Because they just believed it. Childlike faith. When we come together and pray like this in corporate prayer, I believe it's so important. We just believe that God is a prayer hearing God and a prayer answering God. And that He will hear and answer our prayers as we make a highway for Him to move. Whether it's to turn away a, a demoniac, someone that's demon-possessed, open up prison doors and sense the captive people free, bring deliverance to a tribe, deliverance to a family. Matter of fact, if you've got a, a young one that might be what we call wayward, turn that name in. Turn that name in because every time we call out these names, you know, we call out these names that you have on that list. And we believe, first of all, for their faith not to fail, number one. But then also we pray in the Holy Ghost. And we believe that everywhere that person goes, they are surrounded by Holy Ghost power. They're surrounded by holy angels. They're surrounded by other laborers of love that will speak into their hearts the truths of God's word. And open up their eyes that God would open up their eyes that they would clearly see and understand and know. Praise God. So their prayers that they prayed. I have this listed under point B in your notes there. Just so you can see it. They were fervent prayers and they were focused prayers. Fervent prayers means they were hot. They were burning. There was spiritual intensity that just came bubbling up on the inside as they boiled over on the inside spiritual intensity focus they prayed to God they prayed for Peter in that situation it reminded me when I studied this Jesus in the garden at the rock and you talk about fervent and focused prayer he was going to go to that cross and suffer and die for humanity he was going to bear upon himself the unthinkable and there he was praying with spiritual intensity that was so, so hot, heated, and fervent, he began to sweat as if it were drops of blood. It's that kind of intensity. It's when God's people decide enough is enough. Enough is enough. Let's join forces together because the greater one lives in us. And let's unite together in fervent prayer and be focused Tell God exactly what you want him to do. They prayed to God. They prayed for Peter. How powerful is this? An angel comes down. Opens up the doors. The bands are loose. They walk out. It's amazing to me. Like I said, the, the angel can get them out. But the church wouldn't let them in. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Unthinkable. But there is power when God's people unite together in prayer. Now, just real quick, in the fourth, 
Second Chronicles chapter 20, we see the same thing. There's problems. Jehoshaphat is being attacked. Three armies are coming against them. And they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be wiped off the planet. I, that would be a problem, wouldn't you say? What, did, what does he do? He calls for united prayer. Get your wives. Get your children. Let's all gather together. Isn't that something? He doesn't say call the militia. He doesn't say call the United States president. Call some other you know, countries that will help us. Great Britain, etc., etc. No, he says, get your wives, get your children, and let's get together for prayer. What happens? They pray fervently. They tell God what he said in his word. You said that you would do this if we ever had any kind of difficulty. And what happens? The problem produced the prayer, produced power. God's power was in such manifestation that praise God they were so confounded that they killed each other and everything that was there was left for the people of God we see it happening there we see in Acts chapter 4 after a tremendous miracle takes place and the guy who never walked from his mother's womb is now healed and it was the power of the name of Jesus that performed the miracle and faith in that name and then Peter and John they're taken into question now here's a problem you are threatened, you're persecuted, you've got leaders that don't want you to speak or proclaim the name of Jesus, and so now you're facing this persecution. So what happens after they're threatened even further? You know what? The enemy will threaten you. The enemy will challenge you to really determine whether or not you believe in the power of prayer, you believe in the name of Jesus. And that's what happened. What did Peter say? Well, you judge. Should we believe you or God? Should we listen to you or God? And the thing is, they went to their own company and reported everything the chief elders had said unto them. And the priests had said to them. And they all lifted up their voice to God in one accord and said, see the persecution, the problem produced what? Prayer. And you can see this in Acts chapter 4. But what, what happened? They prayed. You are God that made heaven and earth and sea and all that in them is. They went to their own company who believed that he is the God that made heaven, earth, sea and all that in them is. But what a start for prayer. If you think about it. When you rem remember that and you recognize that and you realize that. The God you're praying to made heaven, earth, sea, and all that in them is. That's who you're praying to. He's got ears to hear. He's got eyes to see. He's got an arm to reach out. That's how they started their prayer. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of earth stood up, were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom now is anointed by Pontius Pilate and the people of God determined before their council to do whatever they determined to do but now Lord behold their threatenings they take the problem and they present it to God behold what they're saying what they're trying to get us to do or not to do and grant to your servants it was fervent it was focused grant to thy servants they're praying to the God of creation grant to your servants boldness that we may speak or preach thy word 
And the place was shaken where they were assembled together. What did it produce? Power. You see, if we let our problems take us to our knees in prayer as a people, what happens? It produces what? Power. The power of God was in manifestation. It shook the place where they were assembled together. And they all spake the word of God with boldness. Neither one of them said anything I have belonged to me. But with great power gave they witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them. They knew the secret to power. They knew it. So the persecutions, or you could say their problems, didn't drive them to be depressed and overcome with grief and burdened down, oppressed, etc., etc. What did it do? Automatically, they turned to God in prayer. Uniting themselves together as one. Once again, their own company. This is our own company. Believers of like precious faith. Believers that come together like this and just say, you know what? Let's stop talking down on the United States of America. And let's start believing God together that He's bigger than what we're facing in this country. Let's lift up the name of Jesus and declare it over this nation. Praise God. Hallelujah. And declare Jesus as Lord. He's bigger. He created heaven, earth, and sea, including the United States of America. So no matter, it's not what we want. And I'll be honest with you. People say, how are we going to pray about this election? What's coming up? Not your will be done. But God's will be done. Not your political party. But God's will be done. Not about gender. But God's will be done. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let God be God. And that's why we gather together like this. Unite ourselves in prayer. Believing God together. Praise God that He is moving in this nation. He's doing something, praise God. And I, I guarantee you, if we stay focused in prayer and believe together as we have been, it's going to unfold just the way He wants it to. We're going to see it happen right before our eyes. Can you say amen? amen? Man, sound the alarm of prayer. Shout it from the mountaintops. Jesus is Lord over this land. From sea to shining sea and everywhere in between, Jesus is Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Assembly Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence to God first and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. 
Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.